Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. And so it begins. Today marks the first day clubs can designate franchise or transition tags on players. A handful of guys we're watching out for highlighted, of course, by Le'Veon Bell and quarterback Nick Foles. We're happy to have you with us on this Tuesday. Welcome, everyone. Wendy Nix, Field Yates, Damian Woody, Lewis Riddick. And guess what? It appears there's been a meeting of the minds of sorts anyway between Antonio Brown and Steelers president Art Rooney. Here's the latest from AB. It did come via tweet. Had a great meeting with Mr. Rooney today. We discussed a lot of things, and we cleared the air on several issues. We both agreed it's time to move on, but I'll always have appreciation and gratitude toward the Rooney family and Steelers organization. Uh, this in addition to A.B., who turned to Instagram last night to make it clear he's open for business. Call me Mr. Big Chest. Big Chest for now. Big Chest Brown for now. on. If any NFL teams out there watching, hit my phone. Hit my phone. I'm only going to be giving y'all motivation, motivation, and, and total focus. You heard? No more games. Just another day at the office, Adam Schefter, who joins us now. Uh, Shefty, take us through what these latest developments mean uh, for Antonio Brown and the Steelers. Well, Mr. Big Chest is looking for a chest full of guaranteed <laughs> money, clearly, at this point in time. And the first step to finding that new team was meeting today with Art Rooney, the Steelers' president. And basically, both sides came away from that meeting feeling as if a trade was inevitable. Really, that's exactly what we thought all along anyway. We've heard Art Rooney say that at this point in time, it was inevitable. And we've heard Antonio Brown basically publicly declare that it's time to move on from Steelers Nation, time to leave Pittsburgh. He's looking to move on elsewhere. Now they were able to air some of their differences. And I think Art Rooney was able to hear from Antonio Brown, some of the issues that drove him to feel that way where he can make his own interpretation of what's good and bad in his own organization moving forward. But the bottom line is the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't had any trade talks regarding Antonio Brown as of yet, but that's about to change. The combine is next week. Every team will be there and the Pittsburgh Steelers are expected to be shopping Antonio Brown, looking for a high pick back in return, but probably with the events of the past couple of weeks, devaluing the worth that they can get back in return for Antonio Brown, one of the greatest players in the game. Shefty, thank you. Well, you're right. You know what? It is a marketplace. It operates like a marketplace. There's supply, there's demand, and there's that L word, which in this case is leverage. And although this meeting, I think, is positive in the sense that everybody says, you know what, we'll move on, shake hands, thank you, I don't see what kind of leverage the Steelers have at this point in terms of demanding a higher price. Yeah, it's interesting. Some would say that after the past 24 hours, the Steelers might have a slightly bit more leverage because Antonio Brown sort of devalued himself by acting, frankly, odd. I mean, people have looked at this social media behavior as somewhat mystifying as a team who is going to have to trade something of value to the Steelers, pay Antonio Brown 
36 or so million dollars over the next three years. Also going to want to deal with some of the quirkiness that we've seen on social media over the past couple of days. In some ways, Antonio Brown's behavior and his antics have basically been a precursor to trade me or else. Where else could things go? Because over the past few days, it's taken several different turns. Well, you're absolutely right, in my opinion. But doesn't that hurt the Steelers? Since he has a contract, they've got to trade that contract. And if his trade value goes down, it's the Steelers, at least at the present time, who get less. Yeah, it it hurts them in terms of the compensation they receive. It may actually, who knows, it could bring more buyers into the market because his price is down and everybody loves value. Everybody's going to want an all-pro wide receiver at a discounted cost in terms of what they have to give up to get him. Now, in terms of their compensation, in terms of paying him and giving him a new contract, that's where the sticking point is going to come, obviously, because I don't know how many people want to open up their big chest for Mr. Big Chest. But, you know, the strange thing about it, though, is that Look, if you're still looking for a war chest of money to keep using the chest, okay, if you're, if you're looking for that and you're looking to find a place that, in which, and this is the serious part of this, you heard him reference the fact that if you have a bunch of haters on your team, if you have a bunch of people, you know, if you have a place that doesn't have good chemistry, doesn't have good camaraderie, don't even talk to me. I think what gets lost in all of this and all the nonsense and all the Instagram videos and tweets is the fact that there's something to the fact that he doesn't like what's going on in the Pittsburgh locker room. He doesn't like what's going on in this organization. He doesn't like how he's treated. He doesn't like how other people treat other people. And unfortunately, we're losing track of all that because of all the, you know, just the circus atmosphere surrounding how he's delivering his message, which is unfortunate because even when he's gone, even if Le'Veon Bell is, Le'Veon Bell is gone, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Mr. Rooney, they still have some work to do. They still have some work to do, both in terms of replacing those guys, even though they've already replaced Le'Veon Bell with James Conner, and figuring out what is going on with our football team. What's going on? It's not just an Antonio Brown-driven issue. I'm going to tell you what it's. I'm going to tell you what the real is right now. Tell us, Big Ben. Ooh, Big Ben. I'm going to you going that route. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Lou. We both know guys don't appreciate a. A teammate going in the media and calling out fellow teammates. All right? Like, I, we know you play quarterback. We know the quarterback position is the most important position in sports. But we, put, we both put our pants on the same way. I'm a man just like you a man. And we've seen this time and time again with, with Big Ben. In Denver, through that crucial interception, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who does he call out? Yeah, James right. Washington. So, I'm, I'm telling you, Right now, I know every, all the focus is on Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to a lesser degree. But like Lou said, they still have some work to do in, in Pittsburgh because not everything is going to be resolved by just, let me just ship Antonio Brown out the door. No, and to suggest that or to assume that if you're the Steelers is, is really short-sighted and probably going to land you in another round of trouble. But I do think Antonio Brown has to have some ownership for the way this message has been sure. delivered. Oh, no He's pro- lost his own message and all this well, mess. Well, first of all, the whole, the whole social, his whole social media from the whole IG thing, he was undercutting his own self. Two days ago, he did a little thing on Twitter where he said, oh, it's not about the money. And then you come back on Instagram Live and you say, but it's about the money. So you, he's, just, he's just contradicting himself all over the place. And if you're trying to make a move to try to get out of Pittsburgh, 
Wouldn't it be in your best interest to lay low, let the people you have working for you handle their business to facilitate this type of thing rather than going on on social media and making all these type of demands? To your point, think about when Antonio Brown was looking for a new deal on a couple of different occasions in his career. You know what he did? He showed up to work. He never spoke about it publicly, any sort of condescending or patronizing way towards the organization, never made it about himself, still came to OTAs, and eventually he was rewarded. Staying calm and just doing his job landed him a then five-year, $85 million contract. He's taken a much different, much more outspoken approach to his demands for a trade, and we'll see whether the Steelers, they are willing to acquiesce, but whether they can is a different story because they got to find a reasonable deal. I think it's ignorant to assume this is 100% one-sided. Almost nothing is. I mean, almost nothing. So I would never suggest that. But what do you think the reputation or the impression is for other GMs out there who might be interested in making a deal here? Because there's clearly no disputing the production between the lines. I think without a doubt, just like in any situation where it's a polarizing situation, there's going to be GMs who say, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm much more guarded about the chemistry of my football team and how – bringing in someone with this kind of reputation could negatively affect my football team. There will be some GMs who go, I could care less how many Instagram videos he produces. I don't care what he wants to be called. I don't care how he does his hair. This guy is a baller. He's an all-pro, and he still has probably three or four good years left in the NFL based on how he takes care of himself. What's the price? Let's talk. I don't really don't care. And that's how it always goes. We've seen it. We've seen teams take on guys who we've sat up here and said, there's no way we'd sign that guy. No way. Boom, he signed. And then there's yep. teams that'll sit there and, you know, that'll, that would go that would actually stick to it. They would walk the walk just like they talk it and say, no, we're not going to deal with those kind of things. So I'll tell you what, Wendy, I mean, there, there's no way you could blanketly say this has hurt him. It's going to drive down his price because that's natural. GMs are smart. They know that right now the Steelers are in a bind. They're not going to sit there and go, hey, we'll just give you one. Sure. They know that right now they're scrambling. They know what the perception is going to be. But there's going to be people out there who are buyers for sure. Well, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, who is the agent for Antonio Brown, will join us shortly. We'll ask him some of this, these same questions. He was uh, also in that meeting today between A.B. and Art Rooney, so he can shed some light on that as well. Again, a reminder today, the first day that franchise or transition tenders can be extended. So here's a quick explainer. We'll start with the franchise tag, a one-year guaranteed deal with the salary based on the average of the top five players' cap percentage at the position, there are two designations for franchise tags, an exclusive and non-exclusive rights, with the exclusive preventing players from negotiating with any other team. Now, the 2019 numbers are not in yet, but a quick look at where we stood last year at notable positions. That number, over $23 million for quarterbacks, 11-8 for running backs, nearly 16 for wideouts. A big difference in salary between the defensive end and linebacker position, which could impact what somebody like Jadeveon Clowney will get. And now the transition tag, essentially a one-year contract worth the average of the top ten players at a given position from the previous year. That player can negotiate, and the team has the right to match any offer sheet. If the team decides not to match, it will not receive any additional compensation. Adam Schefter Back with us. Let's talk about the other big star in Pittsburgh. What's the latest with Le'Veon Bell? Well, Wendy, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been considering using their transition tag on Le'Veon Bell, which would give them 
the ability to match any offer sheet that he signed with another team. They would have five days to do that from the time that he did sign an offer sheet. I think there is going to be interest in Le'Veon Bell from around the league. There'll be a handful of teams, one that's willing to pay him at the very least. And once that happens, if the Steelers do use that tag, they would have the chance to match that offer. The danger of using the transition tag is you don't get a compensatory draft pick if you turn out not to match that offer sheet. So basically, if they don't tag Le'Veon Bell at all and he leaves via free agency, they would get back a compensatory draft pick. But if they put the transition tag on him and he leaves and they don't match it, no compensatory draft pick. That's a decision the Steelers are wrestling with, but they are strongly considering slapping Le'Veon Bell with that transition tag. It's a considerable distinction. Shefty, thank you. The most dramatic saga in football is taking place right now. You don't want to be here. It is what it is. And hold out 10 weeks. It's totally fine with us. In the ultimate team sport, we've created a, a league of individuals. Waving's not here, so we've got to go out and show we can do it without him. We need volunteers, not hostages. These teams that have a lot of cap space, are they willing to give him the Todd Gurley contract? This is only the beginning. More drama in the Pittsburgh Steeler locker room. I'm pissed off. We lose. We suck. When we're talking about our darkest hour and the guy not communicating, that is a real element of discussion. Art Rooney says it's tough to envision him coming back to Pittsburgh. This is a singularly unique talent, and they apparently are done with him. Let it be known, Antonio Brown does not want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler anymore. And so here's where we've landed. As of today, this tweet from Antonio Brown had a great meeting with Mr. Rooney today to discuss a lot of things. We cleared the air on several issues. We both agreed it's time to move on, but I'll always have appreciation and gratitude toward the Rooney family and Steelers organization. We're happy to have with us this afternoon the agent for Antonio Brown, Drew Rosenhaus, who was also in that meeting with Brown, Mr. Rooney, and Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. And, Drew, we'll just start with this. Why did today's meeting end with both parties saying, yes, we'll shake hands, but it's time to move on? Well, I think the important thing to keep in mind is that Antonio has had really nine great years with the Steelers organization. He's really had a historic career for them. And uh, this was really a way to move on in a very positive light. Antonio had the opportunity to meet with Mr. Rooney, uh, clear the air on a lot of issues. They shook hands. They gave each other a hug. And both sides agreed that at this stage of Antonio's career, it is in his best interest, uh, in everyone's best interest, Antonio, the Steelers at this juncture, to move forward and work on a trade. So if we've agreed that it's time to look forward, it appears both sides do, then, Drew, uh, what's next? What's the next step for Antonio Brown? Well, right now, the Steelers, uh, they're running the whole trade effort. Uh, Antonio's under contract, and they have the ability to talk to other teams right now and find the best deal for them. And and we, we hope they get a great amount of compensation. We want everybody to win here. This is the kind of thing where certainly it'd be great for the Steelers to get uh, what they would deem to be fair compensation for Antonio. 
and for Antonio to find a new team at this point and reap all the positives from that. So that's where it is. Um, I presently do not have permission to talk to teams or work on a trade. That'll be something that the Steelers handle directly with teams. And when a team calls me, that's when I will do my job. Drew, what was the tipping point? It sounds like we can all agree today was the day when we said, you know what, we look ahead. But at what point did this become an irreversible situation uh, in terms of what Antonio believes? Well, I'm going to focus on the future. I'm going to focus on uh, the positive meeting that we had today. And I think moving forward, the message is that Antonio is excited about this coming season, um, moving ahead, positive things as it relates to the Steelers organization and the Rooney family. So with all due respect, I'd rather not look back, but look forward to what should be an exciting couple of weeks. Fair enough, since you certainly don't know exactly where he'll end up. Can we ask you, though, some potential criteria that might (laughs) matter to A.B. in terms of what he's looking for in a new team if he had a chance to be part of the decision? Well, I can tell you what I know about Antonio and that he is a a great competitor, an all-time great player, a great teammate, a great person. And as far as another team, um, you know what? We'll see how that shakes out. I really don't want to put any criteria out there. Uh, That'll be between the Steelers and the teams that are interested in Antonio. I would imagine that there will be a lot of teams interested in trading for him. It is very rare to get an all-time great like this in a trade. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for another football team. I'm sure they will jump on it. All right, Drew, I can't help but ask about the guaranteed money he did reference in Instagram. Is that that something that's uh, a critical mass here? Well, um, I'm never going to disagree with the client. Um, Antonio uh, was clear about what he's looking for, and my job is to make everything happen that uh, I can that's in my client's best interest. So rather than getting into any more specifics than that, I'll do my job. All right, fair enough. Let's switch gears now because you also work with Rob Gronkowski and he's had a tremendous career, but he's also been clear that he's mulling a decision on his future. I I won't ask you what that is, but I I would ask what kind of timetable there is for Gronk to make a decision. Well, you could ask me, and I would tell you the truth. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, pretend I what did. What Rob is going. Yeah, I, I checked in with Rob a couple days ago. Uh, I've talked to the Patriots about it. Um, right now, Rob is uh, he's thinking it through. You know, he's giving it a lot of thought. Um, Rob will certainly, uh, I think, make a decision um, in the foreseeable future. I don't want to put any pressure on him and give him a time frame. But I would imagine that it will be sometime within the next couple of weeks. All right. You also represent some key free agencies and uh, free agents and free agency will begin shortly, March 13th, which really is just around the corner. Uh, What can you tell us about Gronk's Patriots teammate, offensive tackle Trent Brown? Boy, I'm excited to uh, represent him these next couple of weeks. I think he's going to be a coveted guy. Last year, we had Andrew Norwell in free agency who became the all-time highest-paid offensive guard at the time. And I think Trent Brown is going to absolutely dominate in free agency. Where can you find a left tackle like this? He's nearly six foot nine. He's a phenomenal player, great run blocker, great pass protector. And he protected Tom Brady and his blind side 
for a Super Bowl championship. We're appreciative of the Patriots. Um, we'll continue to talk to them. There's a possibility he could go back there, but I think he'll be a coveted player. All right, a quick one here. Another potential free agent, most recently with the Bucks, Quan Alexander. Awfully excited about Quan's recovery. Quan is one of the top linebackers in the NFL. He's a tremendous leader, a fierce competitor, the heart and soul of the Buccaneers defense. They really struggle without him. He's doing great with his rehab. His knee is doing fantastic. He'll be ready to go for training camp. I expect him to do extremely well in free agency. We're still talking to the Buccaneers. That's a possibility he could go back there, but he won't have a shortage of suitors interested in signing him. He'll be a hot free agent. Drew, I know it is an extremely busy time of year for you, even more so than the season. So we certainly appreciate it. We hope to see you at the NFL Combine coming up next week. You will. I'll be there working hard. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. Uh, One well, of the best of biz. Yeah, and, and, a, and a busy man, obviously, today the first day for franchise uh, and transition tag tenders, free agency set to begin March 13th. So uh, a critical point in the league year in terms of building a team via free agents. Uh, let's talk about what he said about Antonio Brown. Uh, what stood out to you, Lewis? <laughs> what stood out to me is that he wants to look forward to the future. Well, and I you understand know that. And you know what? And, and, and look, like I've said, without speculating and guessing, obviously where there's smoke, there's fire, okay? There, there's real problems that Antonio had with the way he felt he was being dealt with there, the way other people conducted themselves there. Maybe he thought there was some sort of double standard, although, look, a player of his magnitude gets treated with the utmost respect and the utmost amount of leeway as anyone, even though he's not a quarterback. But I think this is he is right when he says this. This is rare for a guy with of his caliber, with his kind of skills and his still his future performance projection being maybe two or three years of max, max production still to hit the market like this. There'll be plenty of teams that need a number one like this. And I, I think, uh, oh, it'll be interesting. You know, Drew had me sitting there going, man, well, maybe somebody will pony up something a little bit significant. Who knows? Drew, Drew's a great salesman. I mean, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. But there's no question. There's going to be teams. Teams are just going to have to figure out this. Just how high now do I need to go in order to get him? If I really want him, what do I need to offer up? And that's perfect. As long as you have a bunch of suitors, you have the potential for the place to go up. Lou, you know, you know as well as I know that – Cats are sitting in there in the fridge in their facilities like, man, A.B. on the market right now? No question. Five seasons, over 100 hey. catches? Per- yeah. Like, I can, I can fix this guy. You can just deal with it. I, yeah, I can, yeah. I can manage, handle this. perhaps, that is, right. is the right word. I right. can manage this. And, and let me say this. As his agent, I don't blame him for looking forward. I mean, at, at this no, point. No, I mean, I'm, I'm they, not. It's but, just – you're right. I mean, I mean, he doesn't want to go back and sit here and just kind of rehash why he doesn't want to be there anymore. Especially but, after a meeting like today. Absolutely. I think. Where he actually got what he wants now. Yeah. He wants it, to hit the market. Let's see. I think it's actually a pretty good time for him to hit the market. Not a great, actually a poor free agency class for wide receivers. The draft I'll leave to Lewis, but I don't think this is regarded as a top tier, one of the best wide receiving groups we've seen in quite some time. Sure. So let me just throw a hypothetical team out there, Wendy, because I think that's what people are wondering. Don't stop. And if I'm sitting there, I'm the Green Bay Packers, and I've got an extra first, an extra fourth, and an extra sixth round pick this year. I've got a quarterback who's 35 years old, coming off of a disappointing season, one of the lowest completion percentages in his career. Randall Cobb, not under contract. Geronimo Allison, not under contract. Why not consider the idea of Antonio Brown 
opposite of Devontae Adams. If you're the Green Bay Packers, you don't have time to waste anymore with this offense. I would love the idea, and I get it. Every team can talk itself out of an Antonio Brown deal. There's a lot of money involved. His antics of late have been questionable. But we're also talking about a player who in a down year, down, had 1,300 receiving yards. This is a guy who rolls out of bed, catches 100 passes, and is good for almost 100 yards a game. I love the idea. How how about this one? How about this one, Wendy? Okay. How about the team out out in the Bay, the San Francisco 49ers? Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, getting healthy. You're John Lynch, all right? Time is a ticket, all right? You don't get forever to do a rebuild. You gave out this huge, this big money. What are we, point. year three? You yeah. don't get any time to do a rebuild listen, anymore. Teams are turn around like that, all right? You're sitting, in the, you're sitting in the division with the with the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, all right? You gave big money to Jimmy Garoppolo. It's time to start realizing, put, you know, realizing some of that investment. And what better what better way to realize that investment well, they, by giving, giving your quarterback a big-time wide receiver? All right, Adam Schefter, are you still with us? Uh, let me ask you your takeaway. I'm, I'm assuming you had a chance to hear from Drew as well. Yeah. Well, Wendy, I like what Field said. I think the Green Bay Packers are armed with lots of ammunition in the draft. There's a reason they moved back in the draft last year when the New Orleans Saints came up, and they can go do what they want in this draft. And Antonio Brown would be a perfect player in Green Bay. It would be a great fit if somehow the Packers could figure out a trade with the Steelers, which I don't think would take a lot of compensation. As for what Drew Rosenau said today, the one thing that stood out to me was that Antonio Brown comes out and talks about a team with guaranteed money, how he wants some guaranteed money, hit up his phone, that sort of thing. And when you asked Drew about that, he said, look, my job is to serve the client. So he didn't deny that Antonio Brown is looking for more money, an improved contract, more guarantees. So that all of a sudden becomes a part of the deal for Antonio Brown. It's not just compensating the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's compensating Antonio Brown. And when you have somebody that has to compensate both parties, that complicates the trade. But as you all alluded to the fact that there is a shortage of free agent wide receivers, there is a shortage of wide receivers in this draft, and there's not a player out there more talented than Antonio Brown. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. Seems like it's time to move on in Philly as well. Adam Schefter back with us. What are your expectations, Shefty, regarding the Eagles quarterback? Wendy, I think the Eagles are planning to use their franchise tag on Nick Foles. Quarterbacks are currency in this league, and I think that they view Nick Foles as one of the better starting quarterbacks in this league, somebody that should bring some commensurate value. Now, last week, the Broncos traded a mid-round pick thought to be a fourth-round pick for Joe Flacco, and that sets up and frames a market for Nick Foles, though I think the people in Philadelphia believe that Nick Foles should bring even more in return to the Eagles. So now they have to see if they could find a trade partner, and if they can, then they go ahead and use that franchise tag on Nick Foles where they can help influence where he's traded to. But I don't think that they want to see him just walk out the door a quarterback capable of starting in this league and not get anything in return. The plan has been to put the franchise tag on him. Now we'll see whether or not they follow through with those plans. 
Adam, thank you. Certainly capable of starting in this league. He's a Super Bowl MVP as well. There's that whole argument, which we'll touch on about system or coach or whatever. But he's done what he's done. When you survey the landscape, where do you see potential landing spots? Well, I'll leave some of the actual landing spots on the table here. I'll just say this. is It's somewhat of a little bit of a suppressed market only because we've already seen, although not officially, the Joe Flacco trade is somewhat interesting to me because it takes one suitor off the board in the Denver Broncos, in theory. And then also Joe Flacco is a quarterback that I think may have been, at least I would have viewed him as somewhat of a, you know, like a consolation prize if he couldn't reach a deal for Nick Foles. And I think it is somewhat trickier for Philadelphia to orchestrate this because I think, you know, Lewis, I think if you're looking at two of the better fits for Nick Foles on paper in terms of teams that need a veteran quarterback, they're in the same division. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Look, I, I think the number one team, just because they're – I think familiarity is always is going to be important for Nick. It's going to be important – so he can be up to speed right off the bat and be running an offense that he's comfortable with and that he has some, some history of being successful in. And now, so automatically that points to this, to John DiFilippo down in Jacksonville. It would point to that. It would point to someone who he has been in a quarterback room with, someone who's probably going to use verbiage that's very similar to what he is used to still, and someone who he has had some sort of relationship with. I think it's dangerous with Nick. We've seen how he has not performed evenly at every place that he has been. I think relationships is very important here. So I think that's a team that would make sense. Quite honestly, you're referring to teams that are in the same division. Look, the New York Giants would make sense because of the fact that Pat Shermer is there. And because, you know, a run-centric offense that emphasizes play-action pass that has weapons on the perimeter would be perfect for him. Would the Philadelphia Eagles do that? Mm, Probably not. Look, the, the Washington Redskins... Look, they have Alex Smith, who's hurt, and then they have two guys who are free agents in, in, uh, in Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez. So, I mean, there you have nobody. So that would make sense. Had the Eagles done that before? Yeah, I was there when we sent Donovan McNabb to the Washington Redskins and then turned around and just bludgeoned them in a game. So I, I've <laughs> seen it happen. Now, that was Andy Reid. That's a lot different. So this is, this is interesting for Nick. As I, although he's a good player, I think fit is so important, and I don't think you can just automatically slot him into certain teams like you're playing fantasy football and get the same production you got in Philadelphia. I think that would be very, very dangerous, very dangerous for the team that's acquiring him. It's, it's interesting. I hear you, Lewis, but it, I, it's just so hard for me sometimes. You know a lot more about football than I do, but, you know, I mean, there was something about this guy. Maybe there was something about this guy with this team. That's, that's a fair argument, which would make me ask you this. Is it possible? Well, it's, it's possible, but what are the odds that the Eagles regret the decision to move on? Now, they would have had to make other decisions. I understand you yeah. can't have them both, but I don't I, know. I, 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 just feel, I just feel like everything is predicated on uh, Carson Wentz's ability to stay on the field. Really, that's what all this is all this is about, his inability to not be able to stay on the field, especially in, in a critical time critical juncture in two of the, you know, two of the past, you know, last two seasons that ultimately led to Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl, becoming a Super Bowl MVP, and then leading the Philadelphia Eagles into the playoffs again. I think that's the only way the Philadelphia Eagles really regret is if their starting quarterback, the, 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 the guy who has the higher upside, cannot stay on the field. Well, I think the upside here, too, is that both sides have handled this well up to this point. Sure, it's time to go forward. It's time for Nick Foles to get an opportunity. But, you know, for as long as they had to manage it, everybody did their part, from the yeah. team to Wentz to Foles. Yeah, they, they have. You they, know, they, they have. Look, Nick, Nick is a consummate pro. He is. And he's someone who's obviously very, very well respected. And he's someone it, – it's, it's really is going to be interesting. You know, there's another team I, haven't, I didn't mention. Look, maybe, maybe the team like the Miami Dolphins. I don't, I don't know necessarily what they feel 
about Nick because, you know, I haven't talked to Brian Flores. I don't know what, you know, Chris Greer is thinking about Nick Foles and how he fits in their system. Heck, you hear all kinds of things about the Miami Dolphins, how they may address quarterback going forward in the draft. You know, there's a certain kind of, there's a certain player who's been linked to them named Tyler Murray, who is totally opposite from what Nick in terms of what he brings to the table. And I don't think you can, I don't think you can just turn a blind eye to fit in terms of what kind of offense you want to run. And again, Wendy, the relationships and Nick had something super special there. That's why I think for even for him, I think that's going to be an important factor as to where he goes as far as who's going to be calling the plays, who's going to be in that quarterback room with him as far as coaching him and the people that he's surrounded with. I want to enhance the Jacksonville thought one more time, amplify it, because you There's mentioned the relationship there. Yeah, well, you, Lewis obviously mentioned the relationship, John Filippo. This was a team that after the season had to issue a statement saying they were keeping their head coach and their general manager. You know what that means? That means that you could be on borrowed time pretty quickly if things don't get turned around in a minute. You go to Foxborough, nearly knock off the Patriots in the AFC Championship game last season. Then you regress right back to where you've been for the previous five years. Your creator, you can't get out of your own way on offense. And defensively, you don't meet expectations. <laughs> if I'm the Jaguars this offseason, I am viewing it as... Make or break may not be the exact term that I'm looking for, but if we don't get better in a yeah, hurry, it's, it's close. Yeah, it's I, I Listen, think it's And you go and you go for this and you go for this kind of player, regardless of whether or not you the people on the outside or even you yourself feel as John DiFilippo, you were the number one reason why Nick had a season like he had when you were there, because there was a lot of other people who had their hand in developing him that year. Frank Reich was still there and Doug Peterson's sure. a pretty darn good coach too. But you know what makes him tick. You know what he likes. You know how he likes to practice. You know how he likes to be taught, how he likes to be corrected, how he likes games to be called. That all makes sense. Those are the breadcrumbs you need to follow as far as what would be the best place for a guy like this. It is, without question, one of the bigger stories of the offseason. And we'll be talking about it until it's settled. And then we're going to talk about what happens once it's settled. Absolutely. Today, today, you can start with your franchise and transition tags. The window opens, and there are certainly some pass rushers to keep an eye on. Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence could be getting tagged for the second straight year. We could also talk about Judevion Clowney and Trey Flowers, which is exactly what we'll do. Adam Schefter back with us. And, Sheffy, let's start with Demarcus Lawrence. Wendy, an obvious candidate for the franchise tag. The Cowboys do not want him leaving Dallas, so they'll attempt to work out a long-term lucrative extension with Demarcus Lawrence by the March 5th deadline for franchise tags. If they get it done, great. If not, then they use the franchise tag on him for a second straight year. Yeah, look, he's one of these players that is an absolute game wrecker. And look, at 26 years old, double-digit sacks combined over the past two years, proficient in playing the run in the past, it's time to go ahead and lock him up. This is the only way you can slow down high-powered offenses in the NFL. The further away you get from the football, the harder it is to play defense. These are the guys you have to pay. These are the guys you have to make sure don't get out of your building, out of your facility. And DeMarcus has earned his money. If you've ever watched him play live, folks, if you've ever been down at field level, this is one of the premier athletes in the NFL, regardless of position. An interesting situation, Shefty, just because of the slow start and the injury history. But what about Jadeveon Clowney? Jadeveon Clowney is another player that the Texans don't want to lose. Now, the interesting part is the defensive end franchise tag is much higher than the linebacker franchise tag. He's played more snaps at end, and the player will argue that he deserves the end tag. The Texans may say, hey, we want to pay you with the linebacker tag. We'll leave them to sift through what's right and wrong. The bottom line is the Texans don't want him to leave, and they're likely to use a tag on him, whichever one that is. 
Yeah, when you, I mean, when you look at Davion Clowney, you're talking about one of the more versatile defenders in the National Football League. You saw what the Houston Texans really were, you know, how they've been using him, deploying him all over the field, uh, whether it was stand-up linebacker, outside rushing at, at the defensive end spot. You know, since he's had those injuries early on in his, in his career, he's really come on and been a stable force opposite J.J. Watt and Whitley Merciless to form one of the one of the best tandems, uh, you know, best defenders in the front seven of the National Football League. If, if I'm the Houston Texans, no way I'm going to let a guy like Jadavion Clowney walk into the free agent market. All right, Shefty, what about Trey Flowers? Interesting one, Wendy, because the Patriots rarely have used franchise tags on linemen, skill position players. They've opted to use it on players like a kicker, Steven Gaskowski, who once again is eligible for free agency. And so it doesn't sound like the Patriots are going to tag Trey Flowers or Trent Brown, and they're more likely to use the tag on the kicker, which means that Trey Flowers will be one of the most in-demand pass rushers on the market if the Patriots don't sign him to a long-term extension before free agency, which they certainly will attempt to do. But his price is going to be sky high, Wendy. That's right, Chef, to keep an eye on the Patriots here over the next two and a half weeks until we get to the start of the new league year. The Patriots certainly would love to keep Trey Flowers perhaps their most versatile player on defense. He's an end by roster position, but he plays over a guard, over a center. He can rush the passer. He can build the wall against the run. And this Patriots defense carried them to a championship in the biggest game of the season. Flowers is perhaps their second best defensive player, but you know if you can rush the passer, you are going to be very expensive on the open market, and the former 101st overall pick is certainly going to want to try to have his bite at the apple. A lot of players, a lot of teams, excuse me, but have a lot of interest in Flowers. Yeah, there's the passer, and there's those who make the passers uncomfortable, and they mm-hmm. both turn out to be pretty lucrative job opportunities. Those are your positions you want to focus on. Yeah, right? no kidding. Flowers, by the way, 21 sacks, five forced fumbles over the last three seasons. All of those lead New England. Mel Kiper Jr. unveiled his mock draft. It was version 2.0 yesterday. He has four quarterbacks projected to go day one. At number 13 to the Dolphins, none other than Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray, who addressed questions about his height yesterday. What are you going to measure when you're at the combine, you know? I don't, I don't wake up in the morning to measure myself, so I know I don't know that, but it's definitely not 5'7". <laughs> Are you looking or five eight? <laughs> I just I don't get where the whole fi- like five eight like all that's I don't I don't uh, I, I, yeah I don't understand that but uh, I've heard some wild stuff over the past month but um, at the end of the day it's all fun I gotta I gotta go in there and you know prove to an organization why they should invest in me so um, I'm ready. Uh, and we'll, y'all will all see how tall I am pretty soon. So, Look, I like him already. I certainly like the way he handled that. I mean, what, what, what are you going to say? Wake up and measure yeah, myself. I mean, yeah. you know, take it with a grain of salt. That's all he can do. Can't change his height. Uh, but, Lewis, tell us why we make a big deal about this in the first place or historically why it's been a consideration. Well, it's been a consideration because no one has ever been drafted, you know, sub six foot, sub 5'10", five, 5'9", five, in the first round at quarterback. Number two, because general, it's easier to draft guys who have all of the measurables in, in terms of protecting yourself on the downside. Because then when that player doesn't pan out, you say, well, I crossed off all the boxes. I checked all the boxes. The reason why the player didn't pan out is because for some reason the player had a flaw that I didn't know of. So that's why people are scared to draft guys like this at the quarterback position in particular. Now, but I'm just telling you, people are scared. If Kyler for some reason doesn't pan out, I'm telling you the first thing they'll go to is, see, 
told you, short quarterbacks just can't make it in the NFL, and that's what GMs get scared of. Well, I understand getting scared, but we also have counterexamples of that playing right now You're in the right. National Football League, some of whom but, will be Hall of Famers, but I hear you because everybody wants to keep their job <laughs> and just, nobody wants to blow a first-round pick. That's right. What do you make of the hype talk with regards to Kyler Murray in particular? I've always said if you can play, you can play. And I think what you see in the NFL now is because the college game is, 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 is being brought to the pro game, these evaluators and coaches, they want guys that, can, that you can assimilate into the game at a much quicker way. Much quicker way. You know, you're seeing these, these quarterbacks coming in. They don't need to sit for a year. Two. They can come into the game right now, start and, and be productive, you know, right out of the gate. So a guy like Kyler Murray, who was more productive than Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, it, to me, it just really shouldn't be that much chatter about, oh, he's... 5'10", 5'9". The dude can play. Play behind a tree trunk offensive line, and it didn't. It didn't. You know, it didn't bother him as far as his stats were concerned. I'm, I'm going to say this. As the as the draft approaches, I believe that the chatter will heat up significantly about this guy going number one overall. I'm just. I just have this feeling that it's going to heat up. That Arizona, although they have said, look, we have our guy, we have Josh Rosen. I'm just telling you, my instinct tells me. That is going to heat up big time, and I don't think that's very far-fetched. And that, my friend, would be news. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a development, no question. By the way, Kyler Murray said he's not sure he's going to throw at the combine, not sure if he's going to do the drills. We'll see. He is planning to be in attendance in Indianapolis. Among our top stories today, the latest in a long line of developments between the Steelers and Antonio Brown. Here's a tweet from AB. Had a great meeting with Mr. Rooney today. We talked about a lot of things, cleared the air. We both agreed it's time to move on, but I'll always have appreciation and gratitude toward the Rooney family and the Steelers organization. Guess who's back? Our Steelers reporter, Jeremy Fowler. And Jeremy, what does this mean for the Steelers now that they finally met with Brown face to face? Wendy, it's great to be with you once again. And the Steelers can finally regain control of this situation. For weeks, they've seen Antonio Brown issue social media questionnaires about players and coaches with the Steelers. They've seen him post workout videos talking about the Steelers. And now they're able to meet with him, and hopefully Brown will stop posting those videos, or at least they can focus on the trade situation. The team was able to reinforce that they will dictate all terms of the trade. They're going to figure out where he goes, make sure there are no conflicts of interest there, that he goes to the best team possible for their planning. And this allows their players to move on, too. Wendy, I've spoken with several guys over the last days and weeks who are are just sort of numb to it all. You know, they were prepared for either scenario. They hoped things would get worked out, but they just want it to be over. That seems understandable. How will a deal between Brown and the Steelers and his new team play out at this point? Well, of course, things will heat up at the NFL Combine next month, but the Steelers are confident that they will get a high draft pick for Antonio Brown. They believe that there are enough teams out there, perhaps a few with young quarterbacks, who are just one piece away if they can inject the right playmaking into their offense. Now, one potential hurdle is what Brown issued on his uh, recent social media video saying that he wants new guaranteed money. Part of the bargaining chip that was attractive to new teams was that he had three years of base salary worth between 10 and 12 million dollars. So if they have to shift some money around, maybe create a signing bonus for him, that is at least a small hurdle, but it could be a small price to pay for a team that really wants them. Always interesting, Jeremy. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you.
Well, uh, there you go. Uh, and again, we talked to Drew Rosenhaus, who's the agent for Antonio Brown earlier. We said, hey, what about the guaranteed money that your client referenced? And he said, and I quote, well, I'd never go against a client's wishes. So clearly uh, that's on the <laughs> Always list. Always negotiating. Always negotiating. That's on the list and something they'll try to look for in a new team. I think it's a little bit of a hurdle, though. because I team, think it's a little I, bit I, of a hurdle. Is, yeah, I agree. It sort of reminds me of when a player gets franchised and his team tries to trade him. You're not just – paying the price in a trade, whether it's a draft pick like last year was the case with the Cleveland Browns since their fourth-round pick to the Dolphins, you're also going to have to make a major investment. Last year it was five years of $75 million. Is a team really going to be willing to potentially give up, let's say, a second-round pick plus hand Antonio Brown over a new deal? And it's always a little bit more complicated when you technically can't agree to the deal in terms of the contract until the trade is already executed. A lot of moving parts, but safe to say this is the story of the early offseason. Yes, and, and, and will be, I believe, until there's some sort <laughs> yes. of resolution. Damien, he wants to go ahead, back up the truck. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's a player whose numbers say you might need to, but it's, a, it's an odd situation. <sighs> Here comes Damien. Man, let's. Uh, oh. <coughs> Boy, he put up some numbers, Luke. He put yes. Up, he, he put up he some. I, I, listen, I've been in a New England situation. I understand how the whole dynamic is. But, boy, I'm telling you, there's going to be some teams out there that's going to look at this whole situation and be like, man, there's only been one guy that has put up five straight years of 100-plus catches. One in the history of the National Football League, and that's Antonio Brown. I hope he he lives by what he said on that Instagram video because there was something, again, that was important that he said there, which was basically if you're a team that has a bunch of haters – if you're a team that doesn't have... We need a you know, definitive you know, definition well, of haters. I think, I mean, well, I get, well, we could probably get one if we could go back to the Steelers and kind of like talk to them about oh. why would he was ticked off in the first place, but we can't go back there. No, nope, we're they, supposed to look remember, ahead, looking forward. That's right. But I, I think as long as he walks what he's talking, which is the fact that, look, he just wants to be that guy on the football field that everyone has come to know, which is the guy who puts up 100-plus yard seasons and basically just destroys doubles single coverage, and basically can beat any coverage that you put against them. I hope he's that guy, because if he is, that does. That opens up a whole bunch of potential suitors, because it's always about fit. I talk about fit all the time. I talk about fit obnoxiously all the time. But with this guy, I think it's important, and if he is, if he's true to his word, which he says this, I just want to be around a good culture and win some games here late in my career and really just be that guy, you're right. It's well, exciting. It, it's exciting you, for a lot of football teams. Could, could, it's Wendy, about fit for him. It's about price tag for the teams Wendy, that are making well, the deal. Could you, well, imagine, could you imagine what well, I mean, Bay? Well, I, I, Aaron Rodgers, as soon as you yes. said that, Ooh, I mean, no. my language. But as a football fan, I don't care what team, unless, of course, you're the Vikings, I guess. I mean, you got to be intrigued by seeing him on the same field with Aaron Rodgers. Of course you Devontae are. Devontae no Adams doubt. and all of that. I mean, it's, but it's, it's still, though, it's still about, okay, how does this work? How does this work when he gets in here? After we give him his money, if we do give him his guaranteed money. Okay, look, A.B., you, you can't, we do things a different way here. We do things a certain way. You're a new team. You're with a new quarterback. You're with, if you go to Green Bay, Devontae Adams is a pretty darn good wide receiver who I, think, who I think would have an absolute – just breakout I mean, year in this new offense. Now, here's what I'm going to say to you, Luke. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I always say money just basically makes you like it, 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 like enhances, it enhances, it sure. amplifies who you really are. So, th- that, so sounds what, what, nice. that sounds nice when you're saying that we're going to sit down, A.B., 
this is how we do it. I know, but, but if you give this man, wait a minute, you're money, the you're the one who was just sitting here saying, I know, I'm just man, giving you bees on the market. I'm just, I want some of that. Can yeah, I? Can but I? But now you're going. I'm just giving you the flip, I'm just giving you the if, flip if, side. That's all. So hey, if I'm Brian Gutekinds right now up in Green Bay, and I'm even watching this show, or if I'm just sitting here thinking about this, I'm sitting there going, okay, I have Devontae Adams, I have Aaron Rodgers, I have Jimmy Graham, I have two pretty good young Isn't running backs. Isn't it time to go forward if you're Green Bay? But if yeah, I bring him in here, what what kind of what kind of what you know, are you exactly exactly? Sure. You're, you're you know really going saying. to have to that dig thing. deep on this and really get to the bottom of, hey, look, are you willing to do the things the way we do it? Because I'm telling you what, in my Not, experience with free agents. What, A.B. or Le'Veon Bell, dangerous. you'd roll the dice on so which dangerous. one first? If I had to roll the dice? Yeah, if you, we had to take one. Who would take a chance? I mean, they're both I'll, great players, so I don't know about take a chance. Get I'll, the p- picture. Give me A.B. Antonio Brown as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Going, I'm going there. Yeah. We really clean yeah. sweep? Yeah. Yeah. Positional value, yeah. track record, dependability. This dude I, is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here's you the good news. We're going to keep talking about it. Not necessarily today, but in the coming days. You didn't answer it. What's that? Who would you, Who would take? you take? Oh, she wants to say oh, one. Sorry. Yeah, Go ahead and say. I, I want to actually give it some thought. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Okay. I just want to disagree with All you right. guys. but No, I actually think I would. All right, over the weekend, uh, Josh Allen autographed a photograph of himself, and he's celebrating a touchdown. Underneath, he added, remember Jalen Ramsey? You guys remember him. Do, yeah. yeah. Hey, Ramsey, am I still trash? Now, this isn't out of thin air. This is because Ramsey called Allen trash in an interview last August with GQ. Now, this is what happened. He, wrote, he signed that right after this, week 12, facing uh, the Bills and Jaguars, facing the Jags. Josh Allen uh, gets one to Robert Foster, and then Allen with the QB draw up the middle, breaks the tackle, dives into the end zone. It was 21-0 at that point. Uh, later in the fourth quarter, Bills leading 21-14. Allen breaks free, scrambles for the 45-yard gain. And so the question was posed, am I still trash? I'm not. Do I need to tell you what Jalen Ramsey responded? I mean, it was simple. Just take a Twitter, right? Yeah. Well, just <clears throat> one word. Yes. Yes. You know, just yes. Yes. It was Which, as direct as his initial quote It's a little harsh for me, was. but wow. I'm sensitive. All right. Bold predictions for some quarterbacks. Field. For the 2018 rookie class. So those, you know, the right. Darnolds and the Matefields and the... Going into 2019, I initially yeah. in our meeting had said, yeah, Josh Allen will rush for 750 yards next year. Make it 1,000. Give me 1,000 rushing yards for Josh Allen. Had Wait, over you, 630 uh, last whoa. year. And I really? get it. Part whoa. of it was because the supporting cast was You're so bad thousand? around him. And he had to find ways to create yards because his wide receivers were not getting off of man-to-man coverage. Well, the reality for the Bills is this. They will find ways to get better at wide receiver this year, but not enough to avoid a lot of runs for Josh Allen. And he's an incredible athlete. Hey, I'm going Sam Donald being a top 10 quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Top 10. Uh, listen. What? Are you I, okay? Yeah. I, no, I'm good. I'm good. Listen, you talk about a guy who, <laughs> finishes, go bold, right? who finished the season. Go finger, go last, the last three games was played as, like one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last three games of the season last year. Just got a ton of cap space. You know they're going to add a ton of a ton of players around no, Sam Donald. No, that's the thing. You don't know. That's the problem. I think they that's will. That's the problem. I think they will. I hope so. I, I hope you're right, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm going to go with Josh Rosen. Not Lamar Jackson. That's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, oh, I'm going to go with Josh Rosen. There we go. And this is what Wait. I'm going to say about Josh Rosen. He's Wait. not the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. He's not even on the Arizona Cardinals roster next year. That Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Lou, you Kyler Murray gets drafted number one Listen. overall. That's my bold prediction for Josh. Josh, wherever you go, you're going to be a good quarterback. You're just not going to be wearing red and white. 
All right. Well, I like we, it. I, Oof. We said bold, and you guys that's, went. That's where we're going. You for, went right? bold. Bold. 